me, your host, Sean Lynn, in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 2, with my good friend Mario Tonaguzzi, The Prodigal Son Returns. Stay tuned as I pour him a dram. Welcome friends to another episode of A Dram with Friends. I am blessed to be joined by Mario Tonaguzzi, longtime friend. Uh, he's longtime Reporter, 34 years at the Calgary Herald, proud Italian, <laughs> and that's what I was trying to decide what to pour in my cup, so all I could find was some Amaro, and I didn't know if that counted as a dram, so uh, do I pick something else off the shelf? Mario, where do I go today? Yeah, you know what? I, uh, I did the same thing, so this is what I have. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Uh, my Bridgeland good is... My good friends at Bridgeland Distillery, and the, uh, this is a nice single malt spirit, uh, mash number one, un, unoaked. And um, yeah, they, uh, it, it's, it's quite nice. I, I enjoy so it. I do have a bottle of Bridgeland Distillery Gertz Demeanor brandy up there, but I'm hesitant to crack it because it is batch one. And I'm thinking I might hold on to that just to see where it goes in a few years so maybe i will grab something similar and i have because i'm gonna be heading out to the okanagan i am blessed oh. to have laird of fin tree oh, single malt and to get this bottle you actually have to put your name into a lottery to get drawn and I was lucky enough oh. to get drawn to even buy the bottle. So how this much? bottle how much the bottle? This bottle it's uh, lot three and it's probably four or five years old now. So uh oh lovely. I've been nursing it for a while. I I was lucky to win another one and it's just sitting to see uh what's gonna go. So I'll pour did you know a dram is only an eighth of an ounce? So eighth of an ounce. Holy smoke, that's nothing. I know. So <laughs> I we're not encouraging over drinking wow. here. Welcome. So Mario, tell me how does a how does a guy end up in Calgary as a reporter? Oh my lord. Uh long story. So I'm originally from Ottawa and uh Born and raised, grew up there, went to university there, Carleton, got my journalism degree. And uh, so 79, I graduated. And uh, at that time, uh, I don't know, there was the jobs, in, especially in Ottawa, weren't there, for in, especially in newspaper industry. So I started applying everywhere and, uh, you know, around the country. <laughs> Funny story was that I got, I, uh, I got a, a job offer from Grand Prairie. Uh, and uh, so the guy phones me up and says, hey, uh, we're on to offer you this job. Da -da 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 -da. And at that time, I was covering sports. 
so I had no clue about Grand Prairie, and uh, so I asked him like, "What do you, you know, what do you guys cover like in summertime and whatever?" And and he mentioned you know the typical right in winter it's hockey and and then in summer all the other sports, and then he said chuck wagon racing, and here's a kid from Ottawa right, <laughs> and I go chuck wagon racing what the hell is that <laughs> and uh, he he explained it to me and so i said you know what it's a big move i gotta check you know check things out and that i'll let you know tomorrow so first thing i did is i went look got a map of alberta saw where grand prairie was and i said no 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 i'm not going there the irony of all this is that you know you fast forward a couple of years and i'm at the calgary herald i'm in the sports department and what am i covering every year is chuck wagon racing chuck wagon. yeah <laughs> that I'm would be uh... actually going on trips like going to Pinoka and going to high river to cover the checks there as well as the stampede but before i got to calgary i uh, had a stint a year and a half in nelson bc I was sports editor there and then uh, moved to Calgary in October of 1980. So 40 years this fall, like unbelievable. Well, congratulations, yes. And uh, thank you. You <laughs> definitely made uh, Calgary your home and we are, we are glad you're here. Thank you. And uh, you're, you're a happily married man with a couple of kids. So you, Great. did you meet your wife here or is that a uh, uh, long story? <laughs> Oh, we, wow. had, we had a mutual friend. Uh, our mutual friend lived in Houston, and <laughs> uh, uh, my wife Marlene lived in Saskatoon, and I was in Calgary. And the mutual friend said, I think the two of you should get together and meet, and, um, and basically gave each of us each other's phone numbers. Um, and, uh, and my wife actually made the first move. She, she called me first and our first conversation ended up the whole night, like literally into the next morning. And, wow. uh, and it was history, all history from there. Wow. <laughs> so you're, you're in Calgary. You've, uh, as a reporter, I'm sure you covered lots of things. You were obviously here for the 1988 Olympics. Yep. And, and when did, the faith component kind of enter into your oh. your walk here well you know i grew up as i said in ottawa i went to initially an all boys catholic high school um but actually in the second year in grade 10 um they amalgamated the all girls school with the all boys and so that was saint pius the 10th and uh, I had a good rooting uh, of faith there because I, I just loved, it was a bunch of priests there. One of them uh, happened to be Father uh, uh, Bedard. And I don't know if you remember oh, Father Bedard. Yeah. Uh, what the, uh, what's, what's it called? The Companions of the Cross? Yeah, the Companions That's, of the Cross. I actually, yeah. it's on the to-do list uh, in the yeah. future here. Fabulous book. Fabulous. And he was such a fabulous man. And, uh, and I think uh, I had a, a rooting there. And, uh, and every day there would be a daily mass. Uh, so it was either your spare or taking the mass. For some reason at that time as a teen, I, I kind of enjoyed, really enjoyed going to the mass. It was, it was the uh, sitting in on this, uh, in a, kind of a big assembly hall type area right sitting on the floor and you know you're, you're sitting singing the old kind of folk songs the kumbaya type stuff 
<laughs> so, so I kind of really enjoyed that. But, you know, and I think everybody does this. It's funny, I was reflecting on this the other day, is about how that prodigal son story, to me, is, is I, my favorite story in the whole Bible, right? And I, and I read it a lot because every time I read it, I got some different insight into things, et cetera. But I think that's everybody has that prodigal son journey at some point in their lives, right? And, uh, you know, and I think especially when you get to that certain age of maybe late or early to mid-teens to, to early 20s, you know, and, and a lot of people start looking at different things. And that was me, right? Got out of university yep. and basically went away from everything literally went away from everything for probably, oh gosh, probably a, a decade. And, uh, and it's funny because I was having a tough time in my life in around 89 to, to the early 90s period. And, uh, and, and doing, <laughs> I shouldn't say stupid stuff, but, but you, know, looking, you know, looking at different things like new yeah. age new age stuff and those kind of spirituality things and it was so, fairly prevalent uh yeah yeah and and encouraged and yeah there was yeah. lots of lots of options and the self-help stuff all that stuff and and so um it was funny because then one day i used to walk from my home i used to live in malin heights so it, People don't know where that is, just off of the downtown. So on nice days, I would walk, especially on Sundays, I would walk downtown. There was a couple of great bagel places. I'd have a coffee with a nice bagel and read the paper type thing. But this one Sunday, I'm walking down 14th Street, and I'm walking right by Sacred Heart Church. Sacred Heart Church something, I don't know what it was. I got goosebumps uh, actually just saying this. I, I walked in the door, right? And it was absolutely packed. I had the last seat in the house at the very back and uh, realized it was Palm Sunday. I, I, I had no clue it was Palm Sunday, right? So something happened to me during, that, the, during the mass that the next, well, not the next, yeah, it would have been the next day. It was on the Monday. I phoned Sacred Heart Church, and uh, I came in and talked to, at that time, it was Father Cooney, who became Bishop Cooney. Cooney, and we had a long chat, and, uh, uh, you know, it was like the prodigal son coming back and being welcomed, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and the rest is history. <laughs> and, and, you know, then I got really involved in, in Sacred Heart, uh, you know, as part of their parish council I did a lot of volunteering a lot of different things and uh, and that's where you know the the, um, the faith got re rerouted again so to speak yeah well and that's where what's interesting is you were blessed in many ways because to to have father cooney as the guy unbelievable yeah he he's such a warm soul such a, a gifted homeless he just uh and he, he was always on fire I mean, oh yeah for his homilies holy smoke that like, he was on fire and he would basically be up on his tiptoes like 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 uh, you know and uh, and you can just see him leaning forward with his hands on the podium right and uh, that was yeah he was a great man a very wise extremely wise and man. it was around that same time that i I didn't sway too far away from the church, but 
at the time I would call my wife and I habitual Catholics or, uh -huh. you know, like if it was a nice sunny day yeah. on a Sunday, well, a, a trip to Banff might be more in line than going to mass. So yeah, here, yeah, yeah. And, and then I, I went to a couple of those masses by Bishop Cooney, Father Cooney at the time. And he was That's fantastic. That. He just, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I went. You know what, for me, it's uh, I, I still lean towards the uh, the traditional, right? So so uh, just the the um, the ambiance and the atmosphere in that church, right, has just brought me back uh, in time. Uh, you know, because even as a little kid, you know, I grew up in in Little Italy in Ottawa, and the church just around the little literally around the corner from our house was St. Anthony. So it's like the um, you know the uh, cathedral in 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 Ottawa in some ways for that part. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and, you know you walk in there and it's just an old style, you know, Catholic church, Italian Catholic church, and and that's what I loved about uh, Saint Anne. Uh, sorry, Saint uh, Sacred Heart. Um, and I still I still do right. I the <laughs> I must admit I have a uh, a soft spot uh, uh, for for those old traditional churches, right? Well, and I no was to the new ones, but <laughs> well, and I was gonna say I was blessed enough to stop by our new shrine. We're recording this during the COVID thing, yeah. And unfortunately, the churches they had to open the new church. Well, nobody could go to church. The yeah. live stream. But what a beautiful setting, much like a traditional old Catholic church that you'd see in Montreal or Ottawa. Oh, or, yeah. So. And, you know, I remember, it's kind of funny because I remember um, my wife and I went to Italy in 96 on our honeymoon, right? Okay. And, oh, man. You, you, <laughs> you go, for no one who, no one uh, has gone to Italy. You, 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 it's incredible. Well, first of all, there's a church on almost every block, right? And uh, yeah. in Rome and, and, and the big places, but it's unbelievable architecture and, and art, you know, all that stuff. It's just, it's stunning. It, it, it oh, really, it, really stunning. And it makes you, you know, and even, even the, the, the positioning of the church, right? You go to small towns, right? And the church is in the heart it literally is in the heart of the community, right? It's almost, it's like the plaza area, right? In the center of the town and, and everything else kind of kind of spins off of that. So, and then you have this, like the city hall decided, you know, that type of thing and all the other stores and, well, and, and yeah. And when, when I was in Rome and we were uh, taken around by Monsignor Owen Keen and, and like, all the piazzas seemed to have a church off off of them, and oh, it was yeah. like everywhere you went. Oh, here's the heart of St. Charles Barmero, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, here's the grates that St. <laughs> Lawrence was. Uh, oh man! And the thing is, is there's so many things that you don't know, right? About yeah. these, uh, there's so many of these little treasures all over the place. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know, have you ever been uh, to, um, um, uh, the Basilica, uh, what's, uh, in Rome, um, St. John Lateran. 
Yes. Uh, did, and did, uh, did you go across the street? Walk around, but yes. Did you go across the street? To the stairs? Yes. Yes. Okay, see, La Scala Santa, a lot of people have no clue that even exists. And, and we didn't until a friend of ours, uh, who uh, when we were going, uh, told us, well, you got to go see this. Well, what is this, right? And, uh, and she had seen it because she, uh, she and her son, years before, had um, gone with their parish priest to Rome, um, I actually got to meet, uh, I think they got to meet the, uh, uh, Pope John Paul. Uh, oh, wow. yeah. And, uh, but, but she, she heard about this through like, I guess the priest and, uh, and it was like, we get there and whoa, yo, do you want to explain to people what we're talking about? <laughs> well, I, I just, uh, I, I was having a, a, a brain fart and, uh, it's St. Helena was the mother of Constantine. Yeah. that went back to Jerusalem and brought many of the articles back. And these are the 33 stairs that Jesus went to meet Pontius Pilate on. So that's what we're and, talking about. Yeah, and everybody kind of lines up and, and goes up, up the stairs on their knees. And, it's, uh, and these are like marbles. So it's not an easy one. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't do it on my knees. And, uh, I walked up the other set of stairs and around and looked around because we had oh. been walking for yeah. a long time. And yeah, it, but see, uh, that's what I'm say saying. Like, there's so much of that out there that what a lot of people really uh, don't know, right? And uh, it's too bad. Right? Um, yeah, one one of the things that we loved was the sign at the bottom of the stairs. Going up these stairs on your knees won't save your soul. Going to confession will. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so true. Uh, is that you being in, or is that? No, you? I'm just looking. Actually, uh, no, I've got my do not disturb on till uh, five o'clock. So uh, that's not mine. <laughs> somebody, somebody asking to come in. Uh, we just say so, no. This is a private. Yeah. This is a private dram. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. so tell, yeah. tell me, did you get a chance to taste yours or is it, uh, how is it? Yeah, no, no, I tasted it. Uh, in, in fact, uh, that one went by, uh, didn't last long. It was, uh, I think it was the Father's Day gift. So, so for those that don't know, uh, he's calling it a single grain because it in Canada and, and Scotland, before you can be called a whiskey, it has to be three years of age, and they haven't quite aged it long enough to call it a whiskey. They're wow. in the process of it. There and, you go. And uh, I went and tasted some down there, and it tasted nice. Yeah, they have a couple of really, really nice ones. And uh, they have one that uh, the Spolumbo's, uh, uh, I don't the know, something like that. Amaro, yeah, it's really good. They're really good. Yes, I'm going to have to, Tony, if you're hearing this, <laughs> I and God Squad have bought a lot of Spalumbos, and I haven't tasted that one. Well, I tasted it down there, but a bottle would be nice. <laughs> we'll have to do an interview with uh, Tony. On yeah, that. it's good. Tony, yeah. You'll have to make sure it's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Mary and I go to uh, men's breakfast every Wednesday prior to COVID, uh, physically, and Mary, you've eaten fairly well at these things. Oh, uh, man, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, speaking of which, are we, uh, you know, we're not about a month or so away. Like, what, any plans for that? Or? Well, I'm hoping to relaunch. Uh, we're still waiting for the churches to give us permission to come in and, and okay. serve food and, and gather. I, we it's, might be able to gather as without food. So we'll, yeah. we'll wait and see on that. We, we've done a number of studies. We've done uh, That Man Is You. And I really enjoyed the new format with the different presenters this year. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And uh, I, I've always in, enjoyed that. I just, you know, it's hard, you know, in this day and age to, to, uh, to uh, get together with kind of quote unquote like-minded people and, you know, and, and share, share your thoughts about, it, especially when it comes to faith, right? And, uh, uh, and I, I always found that, you know, that, that group is a, is a great group. And discussions are fantastic, right? And I think, in in many ways, some people just lay out their souls and uh, and their hearts on the table, right? And uh, sometimes, depending on on the topics, and uh, uh, especially if they touch close to home type thing, right? And and there's always, you know, there's I don't think there's ever really been a bad argument in there. Like it's been, you know, the discussion or you know, and, and sometimes some not heated discussion, but debate for better lack of a better word and i think that's what we need right and uh, i'd love i'd love to see when we've talked about this before i'd love to see uh kind of a, a similar thing happen in a bar like so so uh, and led by father, father jonathan that the, you know let's get a, a bunch of guys together 10 guys we'll get a couple of tables down at the silver point and have a couple of drafts and um, and uh, talk about the faith can you imagine can you imagine the other people in that bar uh, going through their mind? Like, what well, is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, re I remember the, when we started God Squad, well, even before, we, we started as praying policemen on our knees every, on the first mm. Friday of the month at Sacred Heart and mm. doing the rosary. And I went up to help Steve Wood sell the books at his first St. Joseph's Covenant Keepers. And I brought yeah. the guys up. So we're having dinner with Steve Wood and Jeff Cavins in a pub after, you know, praying and everything with four big policemen. And it was, oh, wow. yeah, it, yeah. It was fun. So that's kind of where the whole idea of Dram with Friends came, came from was Damn. let's talk about faith, food, family, and fun. Or faith, family, food, and fun. And, uh, and just... I think that would be an awesome setting. So we might have to take this on the road or, or set up meetings. And I look yeah. forward to, to doing something like that. And we're, I've been asked to be on the board of the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. And that's one of their things is to try and get men's ministries going in every diocese in Canada. Well, North America. Oh, really? Well. And so... It, it's a U.S. based, yeah, uh, with Father Larry Richards on the board and and Deacon Harold. So this is these are things that attract men and ideas. Yeah, a comfortable, safe space for them to share. Well, I know. Well, let's let's put it this way too, right? It's it's it kind of in some ways. You know, I just look at our group, right? <laughs> yeah. And you kind of break the stereotypes of, okay, who are the, what kind of men are into 
faith and religion, right? And uh, and uh, and in and in, in many ways, you go around the table and you know you break the stereotypes and uh, uh, you know that you know at the heart of it all, we're still just regular guys that like to have a drink, like like to uh, you know. Uh, enjoy sports or and, and enjoy other stuff that uh you know that guys do and music you know stuff like that and uh and just the camaraderie about not what drinks with others guys so yeah i and i uh it, it's too bad right because uh you know you go over through time and, and people you know get the certain impression of uh what someone with faith is like and uh you know through my experience i've, I've met so many different people and uh sometimes people that you never even think of what you know have, have have a deep faith right yeah and that's where we're hoping especially in this time of turmoil uh that under the tutelage of saint joseph the men start feeling comfortable coming together sharing and yeah. creating those opportunities for men to to share their faith mm. and encourage one another to go out in the world because what we need now is men of faith in the world and i don't think we'd be having as many problems as we do currently so yeah we do have a few <laughs> uh, but, room yeah, for improvement I, but as yeah. you started the talk about the prodigal son yeah that is the greatest story for men no matter where you're at like he was the lowest of low he, he yeah. squandered everything yeah and you know and as i said before like I'm, i have a, a good friend uh, uh i'll mention his name my good friend tony reno and uh and Tony and I have had this discussion many times over the years about the different uh, uh, different lessons and insights you, you learn by reading the Prodigal Son, and 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 you know that's what that's why it. I always thought that that the homilies and the priests uh, bring something to the table that that you can you not cannot get really without them, right? And and it's it's their insights sometimes on on when they there's a passage from the bible and and they start talking about it and then you go whoa i never thought of that angle on, on this right but they've got a history of background and education on on everything on you know what the you know on the bible on catholic teaching on on history and culture of, of different times and eras right uh when the story was taking place so they give you like a real insight in things but but again but beyond that it's also in your own mind right is, is when you're reading something like that um and you know in terms of a pause for reflection and uh and i know for me I don't know how many different things shine when I read that story, right? And uh, and pop them up. Yeah, the last last few times I've heard it talked about the other brother. You yeah. know, focusing on that aspect where all of us cannot get caught in. Well, I'm the good Catholic, and what's this guy mm -hmm. doing here? Yeah. Uh, you've got to love 
your brothers, no matter where they are on your walk, because you know, we all fall short and, and no matter what you're doing in the church, there's always room for you to help a brother. Well, sure. Well, think about that two story, right? And, and then you could only speculate and because you don't know, but, uh, you know, did the brother, the elder brother ever try to help the younger brother, the prodigal son, uh, from going down that road? Uh, you know, did he ever go down and, and snatch him out of uh, his, his uh, you know, his uh, sinful ways or whatever? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, or the younger brother or the older brother just say, yeah, so long, Johnny. Uh, have a good life. <laughs> well, my, uh, actually, my Bible's just right here. It was, I read a powerful one uh, the other morning, so I've been reading every morning uh, after doing the Activated Disciple with Jeff Cavins there, and mm -hmm. this, just, this just hit me uh, in, in James. Hmm. My brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Wow. So okay, there you go. Natural. There you go. That's a perfect, uh, uh, that's a perfect uh, example. Of, you know, we're talking about the prodigal son. Like, did the elder brother do anything? Uh, did he even know he was gone? Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what was the relationship there, right? And uh, so, yeah, it's a you know, it's a fabulous story, and uh, you know, one uh, one as I said, I often just turn to and just read and contemplate because uh, it well, has so much meaning. Mario, I want to thank you for joining me uh, for right. a gram. We'll definitely do more of these off camera, and I like the idea of starting a group. So, for those that Hopefully I get this out before the men's night in. Mario's going to be our MC for that night because he's MC'd our men's night out. And we're doing a virtual scotch tasting as a fundraiser for our local Knights of Columbus. So Mario's a great guy. And if Thank I'm you. missing, I'm thinking he might be my guest host. And look forward to doing lots of work with Mario in the future. Mario. I've Sounds been trying great. to figure out how to close these things. I'm working on some stuff. So what, what, what I learned was whiskey was called the water of life. Aqua. Oh, really? And kind of like holy water then. That's right. So you're, you're thinking, okay, <laughs> this will help us point men to Jesus, the true living water. And yeah. There you go. So uh, we'll, we'll keep working on our, our finish and our close, but thank you for your time. And I look forward to having another dram in the future with Mario Tonoguzzi. Thank you. If you have any questions or suggestions for upcoming shows, please contact a dram at godsquad.ca or go to godsquad.ca to make a donation and support our endeavors.